Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. My sincere thanks to listeners and those who have liked, subscribed, and commented. Your interest is noticed and deeply appreciated. Today's podcast is a follow-up to the last episode. I want to talk about the traits of an outstanding teacher. A martial arts and a teacher seem like two separate things, but consider that they really are the same. It would be difficult to be a martial artist for an extended period of time and not end up teaching or mentoring those with less experience, if even only for a short time. Even a moment can have a profound impact on a student and be the launch point for new growth for them. When you have some experience, it is natural to be called upon to share it and help others with their skills. Only someone who is either extremely introverted or perhaps completely disinterested in helping others would avoid assisting others in their training. No martial artist can fully develop their skills by training alone. It's a team effort. Good team members assist others in their development. I want to identify what someone with superb teaching and mentoring skills looks like. As we get started, I'd like to define terms a bit. When I use the term teacher, I'm not just referring to somebody who is teaching a formal class. I'm using teacher to mean an instructor, a coach, or a mentor. It can be someone with long-term students or someone working with a student a single time and only for a few minutes. A teacher is someone who is taking on assisting someone else in their development. If there was one trait that all teachers must have is the ability to set aside their own development and make helping someone else their priority. Students can sense when a teacher is filled with his own ego and cannot seem to be bothered with setting it aside. Every one of us has an ego, and the quality of a teacher comes down to how well we manage it. Many martial arts instructors are highly skilled and quite competitive. These traits also involve the ego, as the desire to succeed is driven by the ego. A strong or powerful ego can sponsor a tremendous will to prevail. However, embracing this competitive spirit all the time and applying it to all situations can lead to questionable behavior. Someone of good character knows when to shut that off and behave in a civilized way. Teaching is one of those times. I've seen some top fighters struggle with going easy when sparring with those of lesser ability. Their ego clicks on, or maybe it never turns off, and the desire to prevail overwhelms their ability to grasp the big picture. That big picture being, is it really necessary to dominate this person at this time? The reason I bring this up is one of the best ways to learn fighting is through play. I use the term play to describe the first steps of learning about fighting and physical conflict. You could look at it like a spectrum, with full fighting at the top end and playing at the bottom end. Between those two comes roughhousing and then sparring. If you look at wolves, dogs, cats, mice, and many other species of animals, the adults play with their young. They wrestle around and teach the attacks and body motions of fighting, but do it in a friendly way. Of course, any adult would easily dominate their young. They don't apply full bites. When the young play with one another, they don't use full bites either. They realize the rules of play. What they are learning is the foundations of what fighting is through low-intensity level of play. I recall hearing about a study of mice in regards to this wrestling play. If an adult mouse didn't let the young mouse win about 80% of the time and merely proceeded to dominate the young mouse, the young mouse would just quit playing and would always avoid wrestling in the future. The result is that they would stop learning about fighting. Their confidence would be crushed and they would have no interest in going further. Imagine this was a human student. What do you think would happen? They would quit your school or no longer seek your instruction. I wonder how many schools and instructors consider this relationship when they work with their students or have seniors work with them. Given what I have seen of martial arts instructors' behavior, 
It seems to me that they often believe they must portray the image of the biggest, baddest person in their trading group. They must be invincible, and their students must acknowledge that. It might be ego which dictates that, or it might be viewed as a marketing image. After all, who would want to pay for training by anyone who could be beat? I'm sure that's a real thought. It might get people in the door, but it won't keep them. By the way, it doesn't matter if you keep a friendly demeanor with your students as you dominate them. Sure, if you're a jerk about it, they will get frustrated quicker. But even if you're friendly with them, not allowing them to experience success, even when they don't get techniques quite right, will be frustrating. The best an instructor like this can do is have a group of students with the right attitude who can train and nurture the students under them. After all, most students will work with those seniors a lot more than they will work with the instructor himself. If they have a poor experience with the instructor, they will realize that doesn't happen often and just spend time with the seniors who will provide more productive training. However, what are the chances that a dominant instructor will build students who look at training and teaching differently than they do? Chances are they will use the same method teaching junior students as their instructor used with them. It's not absolute, of course, but more often than not, a culture is created in a practice group. That culture is driven by the instructor. I'm not going to go too far into building a group or establishing a practice culture, but an instructor or teacher does set the tone of training. One might think it comes from the head instructor alone, but it comes from all instructors, mentors, and senior students collectively. It is important to realize that each of us affects the culture with what we do, what we say, and what we don't do or say. All of these things are noticed on a team or in a group. A good teacher understands that they have a great responsibility towards not only the dojo and their seniors, but also towards all the students. They are the examples, the role models. One of the most common traps martial arts instructors fall into is failing to respect their students. This can come out in subtle ways or blatant ones. Starting class late, skipping classes, and passing off teaching to other instructors are blatant signs of disrespect towards students. A good teacher is careful about offering positive and constructive feedback, not just telling students they are wrong all the time. No good teacher humiliates their students. Unfortunately, this is a pretty common practice in the martial arts world. Teachers are made over time. The type of teacher one will be often comes from their attitudes and habits they build as a student. Oftentimes, martial arts students show up to class with only a mind on developing their own skills. That is what brought them to the art in the first place, and at the end of the day, their own abilities are their first priority. This is fine to start out with, and even maintain until you are an intermediate student. Something happens along that journey, which is that newer people start to look to you for guidance. This is the young mouse looking to the grown-ups for mentoring. Never turn this opportunity down or shun it. It is your invitation to learn how to be a teacher, and it is a natural progression. Teaching challenges you and your insights because you have to explain what it is you do, and be able to do so clearly. You will find out not only about your technique in detail when you guide someone else through how to do it, but you will achieve a greater level of clarity when you teach. What I've found through teaching is that it's easy to fail at connecting to a student. A fundamental of Aikido is that we must connect to someone if we want to be successful. That fundamental could not be more relevant than with a teacher and a student. Being a teacher is far more than just showing a technique, describing what students should be doing, and then having them do it. You must give them what they are ready to absorb. If what you show is too simple or uninteresting, students will zone out, usually through boredom. If you show them material which is too complex or advanced, 
they won't grasp it at all and will leave class with nothing. An example of the simple and uninteresting syndrome is something I've seen many instructors do, usually advanced instructors. It usually happens when they are exposed to brand new students for the first time, typically in a one-off class like an introduction class for their art. The instructor believes that they must convey the full essence of what their art does in one single class. He thinks long and hard about what that is, so he can boil it down to an hour. He boils down his art to the components which are the most crucial, which are almost always posture, breathing, and good movement. A bunch of brand new students come in, most of which who have never tried martial arts before. They proceed to stand still and have perfect posture described to them. They are coached through micro-adjustments of their spinal alignment, hip and pelvis angles, weight distribution, etc. Then comes the breathing. They are told to breathe from the diaphragm and do that for a while. By now, students are pretty much disconnected, thinking they would be crazy to spend time, much less pay someone, to be told how to stand and breathe. The next step is to go through the good movement, which is inevitably walking. After they spend an hour standing, breathing, and walking, they walk out never to return again. The instructor wasn't wrong in that posture, breathing, and movement are crucial skills to martial arts. What he missed was that what he showed was advanced, and these were beginning students. He just drove away those who were interested in learning martial arts by trying to teach them what they were not ready for or interested in learning. Now jump to an example of teaching material which is too advanced, which is the opposite problem. Take the same venue, a one-off class with new students. The instructor decides that rather than be boring and tedious, he's going to throw in some razzle-dazzle. He wants to show how fast and amazing his art is. He demonstrates a multiple-move progression with such speed and fluidity that all the students gasp in amazement. He then goes through and shows the same progression slowly so they can pick it up. When they pair off to start working on it, they are so flooded that maybe they remember the first move, but chances are even that escapes them. They struggle with trying to remember anything and have no hope of learning even a morsel of what they were just shown. They might leave the class impressed, but they will leave with nothing of value that they own themselves. There's nothing they can do now that they weren't able to do before the class. If you're going to pay a teacher, you want to be assured that they can teach you something. That is what a prospective student is looking for. Many years ago, I came across a teacher who became an example of what I wanted to achieve as a mentor. He could watch a practitioner for only a minute or two, analyze what he was doing, and offer one minor adjustment only. That one small change made a profound impact on the student. The reason was that the adjustment offered was exactly what that student needed. It was like the next step on the staircase that they hadn't taken yet, and were ready to. I watched him do this with brand new students, intermediate, and even advanced fighters. He did it with me numerous times. I appreciated that he never flooded any students. The old phrase trying to drink from a fire hose comes to mind. He connected with each fighter, if only just for a few minutes, but those few minutes were revelations to those that he worked with. It was that level of skill that I wanted, primarily because it reflected a mastery not only of the art, but of teaching and coaching itself. A good teacher is not one who has all the answers, but who has the right answers. Before you can have the right answer, you must fully understand the question. From the standpoint of teaching martial arts, you must also understand the answer the student is ready to hear and be able to use. A teacher must be patient. I had to learn this lesson through the error of wanting to pass along everything I knew to those who wanted to learn. It's easy to flood a student and give them more than they can process. 
A patient teacher sees what a student needs and is ready for and provides it at the right time. You stay one step ahead of the student in what you give them, but don't go further. To go too far beyond them will be time wasted. Giving them what they already know will be tedious. We've all seen martial arts students who run around collecting techniques like squirrels collect nuts. Over time, these students turn into instructors who collect answers, axioms, and cliches in the same way. Being knowledgeable is fine, but to lack the ability to connect with one asking the question shows a lack of wisdom and insight. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom is built on a deep understanding. A superb teacher is both knowledgeable and wise. They know there is nothing wrong with admitting that there is knowledge they don't have, or that they have knowledge on a subject, but do not have a deep understanding of it. Showing this to students does not diminish you in the eyes of your students. In fact, the opposite happens. They will see you as having a trait in common with them, that you're both human and not all-knowing. You will connect to them through this common trait, and they will still respect you for what you know. You create what I can only describe as a magical experience when that connection happens between a teacher and a student. That's why superb teachers are so respected and revered. For those people who never had a teacher of this caliber, I am profoundly sad for you. Unfortunately, mediocre or poor teachers are the standard. Very few have the passion to help their students achieve their full potential. If you find a teacher like this, make the time to be in their company. It will be worth what you give up in order to do so. As you assess a teacher, be careful of judging how good a teacher is by how many students he has. Bigger is not necessarily better. There are methods of marketing a dojo which will bring a lot of students in, and that has nothing whatsoever to do with the quality of the teacher. Also be careful about assuming that because someone is an impressive martial artist that they are a good teacher. Someone might be able to put on an impressive demonstration and show you skills you definitely wish you had, but what if they are incapable of passing those skills along to you? Why would you continue to take classes from them once you realize they are just there to show off? Likewise, don't overlook someone who doesn't give a flashy demonstration or come across like a rock star. They may be outstanding teachers. Let's say you want to take up boxing and you were looking for a good coach. Would you sign up with a coach who only had one professional fight and one that he lost? Many would dismiss a coach with such a history immediately. There was such a coach, and his name was Cus D'Amato. He trained two world heavyweight champions. Cus was an elite teacher, and not because he was a world champion or even a boxer with a long or winning record. Remember, not everything is about slick marketing and image. Substance is much more important than style. When you get with a quality teacher who connects with you and is passionate about developing your skills, you will know it. I wish I could say that there is a lot of them out there, but there are not. If you find one, realize that it is a life opportunity and it will not last forever. Seize the opportunity while you can, because if you let it go by, it may not come around again. I've heard many people comment about that teacher who made huge impacts on their lives and their development. They talk about these people with a similar feel as they do about their own parents. A teacher can mean that much to us. As you travel your martial path, understand that you will be looked upon like an older brother or sister, or even like a parent, as you take on more responsibilities to mentor those who are newer. They will look to you as an example and a role model. If you put energy and intention to becoming the best mentor you can, you will see your skills flourish. You will not only be a better martial artist, but you will always be a strong asset to your dojo or practice group. You will positively affect the culture of every group you are a part of. 
What do you think? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall side and post a comment. Now that I've been using BitChute for a little while, I notice it doesn't have a way for me to easily see comments posted the way that YouTube does. I'll continue to mirror my podcasts on BitChute, but I won't be replying to comments there. The Spirit Aikido Online program is now live. Subscribers get access to video training and mentoring to techniques and training methods that I've adopted from other martial arts to make my Aikido more practical. There's a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.